The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, everybody? It is Sam Jesse. I'm here with Evan from Red White Podcast, covering everything North Carolina State Wolfpack. Evan, thank you so much for joining me on Behind Enemy Lines for North Carolina State Week. Anytime. Anytime somebody starts with North Carolina, I was like, are they going to say state? They're going to call us Carolina. But obviously, I, I would never. <laughs> very, very different schools. Um, some of you who are listening might not know, I did spend about two and a half years living and working in Raleigh. And I was about three blocks from the tower right there on Hillsborough Street. So uh, I saw the tower lit red. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, NC State's a really cool school. Raleigh's an awesome town. And I think this, I think you can agree with me. This is a game that I think both fan bases want to happen more often than it has happened. Uh, So I think very excited that we've played each other a little bit more the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a game that, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, synergies with the fan bases, the schools, the programs. I mean, just a lot in common. And, yeah, it's unfortunate the game doesn't happen more often than not. Somehow we get stuck playing Clemson every year. (laughs) Well, I do believe that NC State and Tech will end up playing four out of five years with the new scheduling model. So that will be awesome. Uh, I was in the game. I was at the game in Raleigh last year. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, NC State does a great job with their stadium in terms of, you know, they have food trucks, beer gardens and all around it. It's a great tailgating venue, uh, even for a Thursday night. It was really fun. So let's get into it a little bit. Evan, what is your connection to NC State and what does NC State football mean to you? Oh, man, it was it's a long time uh, tumultuous relationship. It's been I've uh, been a state fan since essentially I moved to North Carolina back in the 80s. And it was like, pick a school. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go with these guys. My brother started going to school there before me. And then eventually I went to NC State for undergrad. And, yeah, it was a long time ago. And just, it's, uh, you know, it's <laughs> I jokingly tell people it's the curse I live with because it's tough being a state fan. All right, it's, it's never easy. And, you know, builds characters, what they say. But it's, it's fun, man. It's, um, I, I really like the fan base. You know, everything about the programs, you know, going in the right direction and just a lot of memories there. I had a lot of good times in college there. NC State, located in the capital, North Carolina, Raleigh. Raleigh's a, about medium-sized city. NC State is kind of it, – it's pretty close to the city center, but it's not an urban campus by any means. It has its own little area of the city. What's your favorite spot around NC State or just in, in the greater Raleigh-Durham area? Ooh, that's a tough so question. Far, food, whatever you want. It's changing so fast, man. It's it's not the same as when I spent a lot of time there. Um, it it's for the for the most part the better. 
but it's just been changed. Like the whole campus area, the downtown scenes, the uh, Hillsborough Street scene, all that stuff is just it, it's just evolving so fast. It's it's wild to see, and you know, I'm not the probably the best person to speak to all the changes, just because it's you know it's not it's not the same as it used to be. And even going down there now, you know, I take my kids and we walk through campus and you know walk by the Brickyard, the library, and you know down Hillsborough Street or something like that, and um, you know, it's just it's nostalgic that way. Um, there's a lot of good spots there, that it's, but they come and they go, and just everything is just—it's so dynamic and growing so fast right now. It's hard for me. I'm—I'm I'm not the best one to answer that question. I—I I was a big players retreat fan. That was real. Yeah. Yeah. My apartment. Uh, it's a great spot for for some beer, some barbecue, some burgers. Uh, they have all the NC State quarterbacks jerseys on the walls and stuff like that. Uh, that right. that was my favorite spot. Raleigh is not a great. Uh, it's not a great dive bar, mom and pop local town. Um, it's, it doesn't have a ton of that as a city, which is a bit unfortunate, but there are some good spots. You just got to find them. Yeah. I mean, it's, there was like, there was a lot of places when I was yeah, in college, sure. Cantina, East Village, um, the basement, Big Bad Wolf. Right? There was a lot of places that were very much your classic dive bar, college town bar. Um, but now it's, it, it's changed a lot and it's, you know, breweries and a little bit more, um, I would say upscale cause it's not like, you know, South beach or anything, but it's just a little bit nicer than, you know, your typical dive bar. It's, it's a great downtown. Anybody who, you know, looks to come there, there there's always, there's a lot of things to do. It's, it's walkable. Uh, the transportation is really easy to get around. I mean, it, there's a lot of fun, um, you know, we spent a lot of time at Isaac Hunter's downtown, but then there's also uh, Glenwood South and in, in that area too, where there's a lot of good things going on. Lucky Bees is probably the probably the one true dive bar still left down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you uh, you find yourself on Glenwood on a Friday or Saturday night, you're gonna have a good time. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. you're 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 gonna be taken care of well down there. Everyone, uh, very friendly atmosphere, party atmosphere in that area of town. NC State, I think one of the reasons we want this matchup to happen more is because we feel like the fan bases are very similar, uh, somewhat tortured, but larger state schools really into their sports teams, great history and tradition for both programs. What's your favorite NC state tradition? Wow. That's a good one. Um, I, the one most recently that they started with was, is not, I guess not recently, but light in the bio tower red when they win mm-hmm. an ACC game. That's always fun. And then, you know, big win, it seems to be like a gathering point for folks. Um, there was uh, so many different traditions that we had when I was in college that, the, that they don't have now. But from a, you know, sports athletic standpoint, that's probably the one. Uh, I think that, I mean, we used to have campouts for tickets. Like, I don't know if, how much they still do that. It's not, not like it used to. That was always a great tradition. Um, anytime there's a big game in Reynolds, whether it's the ladies or it's, um, you know, NC State's NIT birth or something like that. Like it's being just around campus is, is this fantastic atmosphere. There's always something going on around that. I went to the Virginia tech NC state women's game last year in Reynolds yeah. Coliseum. And it was one of the loudest sporting events I've ever been to. Maybe the loud, it was, it sounded like a jet engine for a women's it, basketball game. It is it's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal building. They did. They've done a really good job with the renovations and I know I'm not alone when, you know, a lot of state fans wish the men could play there too. I know it's a fraction of the size of the PNC, but it's just, it's such a good environment. Anytime there's a game in there, 
And yeah. Wes Moore's done such a good job with the ladies that that place mm-hmm. stays packed. I mean, they just beat UConn, number two UConn, this past weekend. So it's a, it's a legit program, and, and that environment is awesome, and it's definitely contributes to that. Y'all got to make Carolina play in Reynolds. That would be <laughs> hilarious. I need that to happen. It is it yes. is a really cool building. If you ever have a chance, um, it's not a far drive from most of the places that Hokie alums are: Charlotte, Raleigh, Durham, Richmond, Virginia Beach. If you have a chance, go see the ladies play there. It is a really cool environment, just as a sports fan, and a lot of history in that building as well. Speaking of history, NC State, kind of a, a sleepy quarterback you. A lot of big names have come from NC State. Who's your favorite of NC State's quarterbacks? We have Glennon, uh, we got Phillip Rivers, uh, Jacoby Brissett, tons of guys. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Phillip Rivers is the best quarterback to ever play in the ACC. He's the best quarterback to ever play at NC State. He is by far my favorite player of all time. His passion for playing football, his passion for NC State is is unrivaled, and he's he's phenomenal. Even even though my, my one Philip Rivers story back when we were in college at the same time, and we would always play at some level in the intramural basketball you know, tournament, and in the finals one year, I hated him because he talked so much trash to our team, and they just beat pants off of us. And like for that day, I was like, I hate you, but I love you, but I hate you, and it's just yeah. But I love Philip Rivers; he's the best. Jacoby. I mean, Jacoby's been a great ambassador for the program, what he did when he was here for the short time. Uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. It's a unique situation. Yeah. Um, Ryan Finley's been, you know, he was he was phenomenal to watch, but nobody tops Rivers for me. Yeah, it's just a, a great tradition of players. And I think for a program that, you know, has struggled to get to that next threshold, that 10-plus win, have that great season – to have the players, the NFL caliber players that have come through NC State, I think just speaks to the the consistency of the program. And, you know, anytime you can have rip like multiple NFL starters coming from the same school, it's pretty rare. Not a lot of programs have that. So definitely some big names that have come through NC State. Yeah. For a while there, we had four starters in the NFL come from NC yeah. State with Rivers, Wilson, Glennon, and Jacoby. There was a, like a little bit of overlap there. Uh, and, and that was wild. Everybody's like, you know, USC or, you know, Southern Cal at the time. But no, it was, we were the only ones that have four starters in the NFL. It was wild. Yeah, it was wild. So let, let's talk a little bit about this year's team. Uh, it's been – you're sitting at seven and three, feeling pretty good. Um, it hasn't been the prettiest seven and three. But again, <laughs> I say this to everybody who's on the show, never apologize for wins, never, ever. No matter who it's against, no matter the score, don't apologize for wins. This team has won, I think, in a different way than, than maybe most people thought. The defense has been stellar. The offense has been pretty tough to watch at, at points. How have you taken in this season so far? I mean, you summarized it pretty well. Tough to watch is actually being nice. Uh, schizophrenic is probably more likely. It's just You just don't know what you're going to get with this offense, and that's what, you know, up to this point, they've done they've they're seven and three, and given the offensive performance, it's phenomenal. But everything's set up for NC State to have a really good year. You know, they took a risk bringing in Brennan Armstrong, hoping that reuniting him with Robert and I would, you know, spark that 2021 UVA offense, right? Where they were, you know, dynamic, putting up a lot of points. It didn't happen that way for whatever reason. And 
it's been a roller coaster. And then, you know, a couple weeks ago, MJ, MJ Morris decides to redshirt. He's a starter, beats Clemson in Miami. He's three and one. And you're like, now you're redshirt. <laughs> yeah. What? It I doesn't mean, make any sense. It was, we, we knew that a was a possibility going into the season. And then Armstrong is kind of the combination of a bit beat up and not playing well. Morris comes in. He plays okay, but the team is winning. And I, I think it was Dave Dorn was just kind of caught off guard of, oh, well, now we're going back to plan A. I thought we were rolling with plan B. Yeah, you know, MJ Morris is actually playing pretty poorly, right? You're being nice there. I thought he had yeah, – and most people generally would say, if you look at the numbers, he, he was pretty bad. What had <laughs> happened – was they changed what they asked the offense to do. They know MJ was more limited than Brennan in, in his ability to process the information. And actually, it's a benefit, right? It realized they had to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Like, lean on your athletes. Don't lean on, you know, Brennan or MJ to run this offense. You know, give it keep it simple. And you have enough dynamic players to win, and that's what they found out. And the defense is good enough to hold teams – you know, just to stress them out and, and, you know, you get a lead and it's hard for the teams to come back on us just because the defense is so good, but the offense, man, it's just, they changed it and simplified it. And even Dave said it, he said, we were asking them to do things that weren't beneficial to us. They changed it. They happened to change it when MJ came in and just it overall worked better. Brennan comes back in last week and doesn't turn the ball over, has a solid game. He's not going to wow you with his numbers, but he didn't do anything wrong. He got the ball where it needed to be. They scored points and just absolutely dominated Wake Forest, which is not something we do very often. It's a weirdly close rivalry game. So, mm-hmm. you know, Brennan, to his credit, could have given up, could have pouted. He came in and, you know, played hard. The team's kind of rallying around him now, which is kind of weird. But, you know, they've, they've simplified things and – you know, realize, hey, we have Casey Concepcion. Let's let's get him the ball. Let's you know get the ball in the hands of these playmakers, and that's what they've been doing, and that's it's working, and it's it's good enough. It's not great, it's not pretty, but it's good enough. With with the defense they have is, you know, they just don't do don't do anything stupid, and they'll be okay. <laughs> that's some vintage Virginia Tech football right there. Offense, don't yeah. do anything stupid. Defense, pretty much, yeah. I tell you, a lot of synergies in the two programs. Uh, well, the leader of that defense, unquestioned, Peyton Wilson. Uh, one of the best linebackers in the country. Uh, he is a tackling machine. He's been very good for a very long time. What has he meant to this team? And he's reaching like all-time special player in NC State defensive history. He's already there. I mean, he he might not get the award of the recognition at the all-time level yet, but I think in hindsight it will come. I, I really – I've been pushing for it. They need to honor his jersey. They need to at least put his number up there. You know, maybe not retire it like they do, but honor it like they do with some others. He is, he means so much to this program. He has played here for six years, injured. He goes all out every game and just, you know, lays his body online. He's so much fun to watch. He's so rare in terms of his ability and how he plays. It's 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 phenomenal. I I love watching him. If I wasn't a state fan, I'd still love watching him. You love watching guys that just I don't want to say old school, but he is. He's he's gritty. He plays hard. He knows what he's doing. He's unquestionably the leader of the defense, emotionally the leader of this team, the leader of the locker room by all accounts. You know, it's everything about him. I I 
I, I love Peyton Wilson. He is up there in terms of, you know, my favorite players, definitely in terms of my favorite defensive players, a bit recency bias, but I think history is going to settle on his side, right? I think he should be all American this year. He obviously will be first team AC, first team all ACC should be ACC player of the year. I mean, there's so many different things that you, you've got to rack up and, I just I love Peyton Wilson, man. He's people, awesome. People aren't paying attention. He's going to surpass 400 tackles in his career with ease. Like, oh yeah, he's at 116, I think, right now, and with three games left. And I, he, I uh, this year. did this at the beginning of the year. Virginia Tech played Old Dominion. They have a linebacker, Jason Henderson, who led the NCAA in tackles last year with like 173, just stupid numbers. And I was talking with the ODU guys, and they're like. You know, it you get to points in games and you're they're there listening and it's you know tackled by Peyton Wilson, tackled by Peyton Wilson, tack- and you kind of just start laughing because it happens over and over again. And you know, I think it's he is really a, a special talent defensively, and he's a guy that Virginia Tech is going to have to scheme around. I mean, he's like a uh, he's not the athletic freak that a, a TJ Watt, Miles Garrett type player is, but he impacts the game in the same way where he can just wreck you like he, he can just wreck a whole side of the field so you gotta think about him on almost every play call i think he is the athletic freak that those guys are maybe he's not as big uh like thick as those guys are but they clocked him running 23 miles an hour for a guy that's 6'5, 225 240 like that's absurd he chases people down his hand-eye coordination is unbelievable i mean if you look at his his numbers this year alone 112 tackles currently, 12 for loss, four sacks, two interceptions, touchdown, six passes deflected, two fumbles recovered. I mean, it's his numbers are unbelievable. In every game, he's doing something to impact the game, whether it's making tackles or making everybody else better. Like, you have to account for the guy. He's unbelievable. Yeah. NC State has been led by their defense this year. The offense has been – they've done what they needed to to win, and I think a key for the game for the Hokies is, one, stay away from Peyton Wilson. Don't allow him to wreck the game. Do what you can. I think they did a decent job with Jason Henderson of ODU, but obviously the players around Wilson are much, much better than the players that were around Jason Henderson. And I think for the Hokies, you just got to be able to score points in this one. I think this is a game where you – feel like you could outscore NC State's offense, but the way NC State's defense has played, they shut down Miami. Uh, they shut down Wake Forest, but Wake Forest is, is terrible. Um, let's just be honest. They're, te- they're not a good football team. Uh, and I mean, NC State, they shut down Clemson for the most part. Um, and I think, you know, Klubnik threw the ball like 50 times and only had like 200 yards. So uh, it'll be yeah. an interesting test. And I think I speak for all Hokies when I say, very, very happy this one is in Lane Stadium because I think that's that's a big boost for the Hokies. Yeah, I mean, State's defense this year, you know, Louisville has been putting up yes. explosive plays on everybody. State gave up 13 points, and Louisville couldn't do anything against them. Mm-hmm. Um, Duke scored on three plays, somehow beat us in that game. Like, legit, they <laughs> completed three pass plays, they scored on three plays, and they end up winning that game. Clemson scores – Late touchdown, but that was game was 24-10 most of the game. Miami doesn't get a touchdown. Wake gets a touchdown in garbage time. Like they were very close to having eight quarters of touchdown free football. Yeah. They are firing right now. They're hitting on all cylinders. They are able to take unbalanced offenses and force them to do things that they don't do well. 
And mm-hmm. that's really what they live on, right? People yeah. are going to try to avoid Peyton Wilson, but he's going to funnel you into other other players. Uh, yeah. Other guys have been really coming out this year. And that that's what they that's how they leverage defense. The defensive front is strong, they're disruptive. You know, we bring three and have been able to get pressure on quarterbacks. You know, Davin Van's been playing good. Red Red Hibbler's been playing fantastic in pass rush roles. Uh Savion Jackson had a great game last week, two sacks, two tackles for loss. Um, you know, there's a there's a bunch of guys on that defensive line that have really anchored this defense, and they're so good it allows Peyton to move freely, which is you know, it's a great combination when you're running, you know, three, three, five. So yep. it's been the, the defense keeps us in games. And that's why I said earlier, like the offense just has to be okay because they're going to put enough pressure on your offense uh, that, you know, the they don't, the offense, our offense doesn't have to do anything crazy. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings, the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford. Or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Odd man fronts have given the Hokies a bit of issue this year, but most of those were early in the season. And, you know, there's... I've talked about it on previous shows, but they basically just started running a new playbook at the Pittsburgh game and it's worked much better. So we'll see how they have adjusted to playing against an odd man front because it did give them some issues against Purdue, against Old Dominion as well, running the football. Before we get into talking about the game as much, I want to talk a little bit more big picture. And I've asked everybody this, the, the dominant story in college football over the past year, year and a half, other than Connor Stallions at Michigan, <laughs> has been conference realignment, the consolidation of college football at the top level, and it has put the ACC in particular in a really weird spot. How do you think NC State is poised for the future of college football, and what do you think that future is? Man, that is a good question. I don't think Um, there's there's a good answer to this, by the way. Well, my answer has been lately is that I don't trust the ACC leadership or, quite frankly, NC State's leadership to uh, to put us in – I'm thinking the right way to say this um, – to do the hard thing, right? I think they're going to take the easy route, whatever that may be. And, you know, what that may – what that is right now is, you know, staying with the ACC, doing, um, you know, whatever everybody else wants to do rather than trying to position yourself – you know, best uh, for the future. And I think that's the general consensus of a lot of state fans. They feel like the leadership has not given us anything to show hope, right? I mean, it's and the commissioner and the presidents have all chose, chose the easy route. I don't think that's how you survive in this kind of situation, but time will tell, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel great about it, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah, and it's going to make for an interesting ACC over the next few years. And you really it, it, adding Southern Methodist, Stanford, Cal, it, it's a band aid on a bullet, right? Yeah. But you also have to take into account that we're we're reaching kind of a we're we're at the peak of the mountain with TV money, and does this whole model end up collapsing at some point? And that's the decisions that leaderships are going to have to make. We haven't seen proof that the ACC 
is making strides in their TV contract. We haven't seen that the addition of SMU, Cal, Stanford really impacts anything other than giving us a couple trips to Bay Area every few years. So uh, I think it'll be interesting is a word. I don't feel great about it, but I also think I might feel a little bit better about things now than I did maybe uh, six months ago when this was all going down. I think you're right. And, and to add on to that, it's you've seen ESPN already starting to struggle, right? You've seen yeah. them like they're cutting cutting costs and changing deals. And there's rumors that they're not going to have enough money to pay one of their conference deals. Like it, it's not sustainable because the cable, the old cable model is not what it used to be. And I, I just don't know how long this lasts. I feel like so, like there's going to be some dominant falls and it probably will be ESPN if Disney decides to split them off and then they're like, well, we know we don't like this deal. Uh, we're trying to pay you guys too much and just watch it all implode. I, something weird is going to happen at some point. That basically describes college football in a nutshell. Something weird <laughs> is going to happen. I love it. I um, love it. And you know what? We're all along for the ride. All we can do is try to win the game on Saturday. So let's talk about that game. The Hokies are, I think the last time I checked, two and a half point favorites. Uh, I, everything points to this being a close game. I think this is a step up in competition for Virginia Tech uh, as opposed to last week playing Boston College. It's a Boston College team that I, I just don't think is very, very good. Right. Um, and there'll be a step up for NC State as well, who just came off of another of a road win themselves against Wake Forest. I, Virginia Tech has been a different team at home than they have on the road. And NC State, kind of the same thing. They've been a very, very good team at home. They've had some struggles on the road, a close game against UVA, only a 10-point win against UConn. You know, how do you how do you see the home road impacting this game? Yeah, I mean, anytime you go to Lane Stadium, it's a distinct advantage for the Hokies. And thank God this is an afternoon game. It's not a night game, which is what we were all hoping for from our side. You know, so that comes into comes into play. I mean, that is, is certainly the home field advantage is certainly a legit advantage for Virginia Tech. State does have a bunch of guys that have played a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think they'll be a little bit more, I think, better equipped to handle that situation than if, you know, MJ Morris was the quarterback. I think people would feel a little bit less or a little bit more uneasy about it. But I think the home field advantage is huge for Virginia Tech. I think Hokie fans will be happy to see Brennan Armstrong in Lane. If anything, just to get the former UVA, UVA guy in Lane Stadium in front of a full crowd. Um, yeah, he's never won there, but he never won it in Winston-Salem, and he did, did that last week. So hopefully he's, uh, for our sake, hopefully he's uh, setting in some new uh, uh, new records for him. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I think I, I think for Virginia Tech, the, the key to the game is – balance on offense and think if you score 24 27 points the Hokies feel good that being said yeah. not a lot of teams have done that against NC State so I think <laughs> it is going to be can this new look Virginia Tech offense find their rhythm because when they have they've been scoring 30 plus points when they haven't it's been games like the Louisville game where you only scored three points or the game like you know Florida State where you, you can't score much at all so it, yeah NC State's yeah. Uh, defense is giving up 19 points a game. That's skewed by 45 from Notre Dame during whatever that 
weird game was, and then 41 from Marshall of all teams. What happened? Uh, that, that it was, was just a, a shootout. Yeah, it was a silly shootout. MJ's first game, we gave up three. Um, he gave up a pick six early in the game, and then three possessions inside the 20 on you know interceptions or drop balls. Uh, so it was all set up for them to score. But, you know, if you take away the Notre Dame game and the Marshall game, NC State's averaging uh, 14.6 points per game given up, which is three points better than the top defense in the ACC right now, which is Louisville at 17. So the defense is legit. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I got these numbers written down. You know, that's how I think State is able to uh, stay in this game is disrupt Louisville, make them pass the ball. I mean, not Louisville. Virginia Tech, sorry. At Louisville looking down. States gave up 20 yards to Louisville, top offense in the in the ACC, 100 to Clemson, 111 to Miami, and seven yards rushing to Wake. It's going to be hard for Virginia Tech to run the ball on NC State. They're going to have to throw it. And then can drones do that? Yep. It's what's going to – that's going well, to be – I, I think that's a big question because we haven't seen drones have to throw the ball consistently, right? right? And if they're going to win – if Tech is going to win this game – He's going to have to be a pocket passer. We haven't seen a ton of that from him. Um, you know, he's been a better passer than we thought uh, coming into the season. We didn't think he was a very good thrower at all. It turns out he is. He is pretty good. He's got a very nice deep ball, um, pretty good accuracy. But can he get through his progressions? Can the offensive line protect? The offensive line has had games this year where they just flat out didn't show up. Um, it's it's going to take a full effort from Virginia Tech to win this game. I think it is definitely a step up in competition. What's the over under here? Is forty five? Yeah, it's take the under. Yeah, I I kind of am leaning towards the under. Tech's offense has been so boomer bust though, and, and yeah, that kind of I, I question that, but. You know, I, I think we are we are due for a game in the twenties here uh, between both teams. Um, how are you? How are you feeling about this for state? Got a prediction? Yeah, I mean that's I, I I feel that state's defense has been good enough, and what we've seen with the offense the last um, in the last game after you know the renewed Brandon Armstrong and they played conservative and they you know did didn't ask him to do anything crazy. I think that bodes well for us because I think our defense is is stout enough to give Virginia Tech a hard time offensively. Uh, that over under is forty five. You know, if you're a betting man, I wouldn't get anywhere near that. I no, think that, that, that under is a lock. I don't think anybody's. It's gonna be hard pressed for teams to score over twenty against State the way they're playing right defensively right now. And I know it's probably a bit of a homer statement, but the numbers back it up. They just have not given up any points. And they have been disruptive everywhere. Uh, I'm trying to look at the team totals here. What they got? Uh, I believe it ended up being it's like some like 20, 20 22. Yeah. 22. Yeah, 22, 20, something like that. Yeah. I I think I think this game is like 20 to 20 to 14 or 20 to 17. Hmm. You know, could go either way, but I, I think it takes the under pretty easily. Yeah, I'd agree on that one. I I I like how the matchup for Virginia Tech's defense. I, I like it. I, yes. I think this is uh, NC State doesn't have the characteristics of the offensive that have hurt Virginia Tech this year. The big question is on offense for the Hokies. This is a step up in, in competition. This is 
uh, a, definitely a top three defense Tech has played this year. I'd say probably top two Louisville and NC State. I think they're a better defense than Florida State. So going to be a big test. Should be a beautiful day in Blacksburg, though. So that's always a good one. Senior day for the Hokies. And uh, I think the biggest hurt for NC State is this game isn't going to be on the CW. I know. I need oh, a CW game. <laughs> need a CW game for NC State. That's uh, Hokies will not play on CW this year. Undefeated on CW for the Wolfpack. And I, I want to tweeted out the other day that I want a Notre Dame S deal for the CW. Like we were all clowning it when it happened and like, yeah, we're going to be on after Dawson's Creek and whatever other CW shows are coming. But uh, the broadcasts actually have been really good mm-hmm. in turn. You know, I, I think they've done a better job than most of the ACC network games. And I, I think that's a pretty universal feeling. Well, and we then have, States yeah. won all those games. which just, it's great. So, we we had the FBC game on you. Uh, that was it. Was a it was not the best performance from the ACC network. Uh, yes, yeah. I'll be there in section sixteen, rooting all my Hokies. Should be a really fun time. I will be sitting with an NC State grad, so that'll be fun. But uh, really looking forward to this one, Evan. Thank you so much for joining. I know you got more work to do. Uh, where can people find you? I, I always encourage people to follow schools at Virginia Tech plays against common fans. It's just a fun way to be a college football fan. Uh, everything runs through the Twitter, uh, red, white podcast at Twitter, red, white network.com is our, our website, but everything at, at some point makes its way to Twitter or from Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, well, Twitter, you thank you so much. Looking forward to this weekend, a huge game for the Hokies who can clinch a bowl berth and NC state looking to keep going with a really, really good season under Dave Dorn. Evan, thanks so much, man. Good time. Yeah, I'm a toy that you love, yeah.